0: opportunity to talk to sham or baby sham over zoom video sham talks to us about where he grew up and how he got into music he has this incredible story about how he used to save his lunch money to go to the record store and buy 45s and how he would study the back of the records to understand who was on the album who produced the album and he kept seeing the name dave kelly showing up so he figured out where dave kelly worked what studio he worked at in in jamaica and he showed up there Dave asked him to sing something, so he he did a little freestyle. And he told him, hey, you're pretty good. Come back and see me when you graduate from high school. So Sham was like, okay. And he would come back every two weeks so he didn't forget him, which is a brilliant idea. Come back every two weeks. When he finally finished high school, he brought his diploma. Dave saw it. He was working on a beat, and he tells this incredible story about how he got his first song done that day, the first song he ever recorded went number one on the radio in Jamaica. He talks about having the number one song in Jamaica, and his mom, brothers, and sister had no idea it was him. He was afraid to tell them he was going to the studio every day and not and not studying. So he talks about how he got finally exposed as the singer, number one singer in the country, putting out, wow, the story, the success of Ghetto Story, working with Damian Marley, who's now one of his best friends on the song Fighter, where he was when the pandemic hit and how that affected the new music he's putting out, and his most recent single, Lockdown. You can watch our interview with Sham on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod.
1: We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We're Bringing It Backwards with Sham. I'm Adam, by the way, and uh, this podcast is all about you and your journey in music.
1: Cool. Nice meeting you, Adam.
0: Nice to meet you as well. Uh, so first off, tell me about uh, where were you born and raised?
1: I was born and raised in Kingston, Jamaica.
0: Okay. What was it like?
1: Kingston, Jamaica. was was fun. was fun. You know what I mean? At that time, we didn't really understand what hard life was. You know what I mean? You thought that everything was the norm. Mm-hmm. So we have in Jamaica, we have we have... We have a lot of great things in Jamaica. You have have so many fruit trees, you know what I mean? It's an island of of wood and water. So you have so many fruit trees. So even though we grew up poor, we weren't necessarily hungry every day. You could get mangoes, you could get ackee, and and you could get uh, guineps. You could get all these fruits, you know what I mean? All these great fruits. So it was really good. It was really fun. Soccer was our favorite sports at the time in Jamaica, with, with also track and field. And I think cricket came third. So we used to do a lot. You know what I mean?
0: Okay. <laughs> we used to do a lot. It was real fun. Athletic as a kid, obviously?
1: Yeah, yeah. I played, I played soccer up to, up to the national under 15. And from there, from under 15, I went on to the music. So I was really, really good at soccer.
0: Okay, okay. Wow. When did, so when did you get into music?
1: Right then. As soon oh, as I got yeah, 15, Yeah, my first single came out when I was 15.
0: Oh wow! Well, originally, like, what was the first instrument you learned? Whoa!
1: Oh, I didn't learn to play any instrument. I had a, I had a good ears, so okay. I could go around. I could go around the keyboards and play "Mary Had a Little Lamb" or any melody that was in my head. But I didn't know like this was G or this was E or this was F. I sure. didn't know none of that. I just had good ears and know
0: what was right. Okay. And tell me about putting. So you said you put out your first song at fifteen. Yeah. Okay what so, was that what was that so, like during the writing process behind the song?
1: yeah so like at probably age age twelve going on to thirteen, there was this artist that was destroying Jamaica at the time by the name of Bojabantan, okay. who is a legend in the in the in the business, and we were attending high school at the time. I was probably in eighth grade, but we used to save our lunch money to buy. 45 vinyls. I don't know if you know what's 45 oh, yeah. vinyls. Oh, yeah, vinyls. yeah I <laughs> do.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we save our lunch money to buy 45 vinyls. And every time I would go to the record shop to pick up whatever new record was out, there was this specific producer that was this name that was always beside Bojibanta's name. You know what I mean? Produced by Dave Kelly, produced by Dave Kelly, produced by Dave Kelly. I was like, you know, if I'm really gonna do this music and I like the music, I'd like to meet Dave Kelly because Buju was our favorite artist at the time. And all the beats that Buju was coming out on was really fire. You know what I mean? So myself and my friends, my team, my, my schoolmates, who used to be, we used to be like my 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 my, my supporters, my my entourage. <laughs> we we went to the penthouse recording studio to meet up with Dave Kelly to do, to see if we could do like an audition for him. Or- Get him to oh, record me. Or, yeah. You just
0: showed up there and tried to. I, I,
1: yeah, we just showed up. You
0: know what I mean? That's awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah. Gorilla. <laughs> it's called Gorilla Marketing.
0: Oh, totally. Just, Total Gorilla we, Marketing.
1: Yeah, we showed up in our school uniforms, everything. Uh, we got to meet him at the time, and he said, just do something for him. Just freestyle something. I freestyled something right there for him. He said he liked our sound. I could work on my breathing technique a little bit more. But the disappointing news was he wouldn't record me because I was still attending school. Uh-huh. So I'm like, okay, all right. So the deal was if I came back to him three years after with proof of, 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 of graduation that I really attended school and graduated, at the time, if I had the same talents and I had something that could, could really work on one of his beats, he would give me a shot.
0: That's cool. Went, That's awesome yeah, that he that yeah. he made you go to school like that. How yeah. rare is that? Instead so of saying, <laughs> "Yeah, you've got talent. Let's try to let's try to strike while the iron's hot." He's like, "Yo, yeah, like, you're not talk to me."
1: Yeah, but at the time, at the time, he was really super hot. He had all the biggest artists, so it wasn't like, "Okay, he's hot." He was like, "Yeah, he's talented," but if you come back to me with with proof of graduation. I'll give wow. you a chance. You know what I mean? Because this is the producer that did all these big records, like Action, Not About Gamo, the same producer that done all of my records, Get a Story, you name all of the big Bojo Banton records, all of the big Garnet Silk records. You name them, you know what I mean? This is wow. this is probably the greatest dancehall producer in the history of Jamaican music. Wow. And I didn't want him to forget me, so I would go there every two weeks just to say Hi. You know what I mean? So turn up oh, every two weeks. Smart, yeah.
0: very smart. So when he came back in three years, he's just like, Who are you? Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so I would turn up every two weeks and we develop a, a relationship. You know, he would ask, how oh, school going? how oh, the soccer going? And he do not know. I would chill there for like 10 minutes and then I would get off and go home. Then after graduation, I went to see him one summer afternoon, like probably, no, summer morning. I, I can't remember. It was probably 9 a.m. in the morning. And I went to see him with my proof of graduation. At the time he was in the studio, I had my proof of graduation in a in a little, a little jacket and one of those, one of those brown envelopes, I mean, one of those brown envelopes. He was there in the studio. And you have to know that this is the biggest producer in Jamaica. So I'm just in the corner just sitting down. No one else is in the studio, just him. He has his headphone on his ears. He's there beating away on a drum machine. I'm not hearing nothing. I'm just seeing him bopping his head. <laughs> I came in the studio because he allowed the the, 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 the the security to let me in. I came in the studio, said, morning, good. Soon come to you. Put on back his headphone. And he's there for like two hours. He finally took off the headphones. I said, what up? You good? Everything all right? I said, yeah, everything all right. I said, said, uh, tell me if you like this. And I heard, eh, 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 eh. Uh, 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 uh. I've never heard uh, in a beat before. Never. So so you know that this blew my mind away. I was like, yo, this is fire. You know what I mean? And he said, okay, if you, where's the proof of graduation? Show him my proof of graduation. I was like, (laughs) yeah, congratulations and everything. So if you find something on this that sounds good, you have a chance. You know what I mean? I sat there for like probably 20, 25 minutes and wrote the first First verse, Firebomb feed the man, the when the winner, stop run, pedophile joke. Ah, 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 ah. Bang. And from there it's been history, you know what I mean? Oh
0: That's all God.
1: my story. That's my story of getting on. From there we've been it's he's been like a brother to me. It's no, it's no longer music Our our our, our business. It's more family, you know what I mean? But ever, ever since from then, I've been like 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 is a student, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he kinda of paved the way and taught me the way and taught me how to record because you know as a kid you think you know everything. You know what I mean? You you, you sure. have this talent and you think you know everything. I, I I can do everything that all the big artists been doing, but kinda he kinda of, kind of paved the way and showed me different techniques of how to record in the studio. Cause it's different just performing live and, and recording in the studio and he kinda of, kinda of molded me and mm-hmm. helped me to 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 basically master my craft.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you so that that first song and you guys did you put out that first record while the story of uh, I mean pretty much right away like after you met so the, there? The,
1: yeah we 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 put, that song recorded in in August 1995 and it it started playing on the radio waves by November
0: wow but oh, the, yeah. Uh, so this is years earlier than, than that, yeah than while the okay. story
1: yeah. So okay. that became, that became, that's why Woe, the story the album was a two, a double disc. Okay. So, so because we took so long to build the process of the album, we had to give you this one, which was the, 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 the it's called the beginning. And uh-huh. then this two was called another level. So this one, you got the mass, all those records that we had recorded earlier. And then this two was telling you where I'm going. You know what I mean? Another level. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Okay. So, but right away, you got on the radio with that, that first Right day. away. Right what was away. that like? Yo,
1: that was crazy because my mom or none of my, my siblings knew that I was the one that was on the radio because I couldn't tell my mom <laughs> I would get in trouble because she thought that I was going to some after-graduate school when I was going to the studio. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, the record was number one in Jamaica. And my mom didn't know, my sisters didn't know, my brother didn't know until Sean Paul at the time wasn't, wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't out there, but he was like a young artist coming up. Uh But my record was number one. So he approached me, he was doing a a, a talent, a talent, some talent concert just to get his name out there. And he knew my record was number one. So he approached me and like, yo your record is number one. I would love for you to just come to my, my, my concert tonight and perform it live. You know what I mean? And this was like a, a, more, a more middle-class uh, audience. You know what okay. I mean? It was uptown. Uh-huh. In Jamaica, we call it uptown. So we are from downtown, which is the ghetto. And Sean Paul is from the next side of Jamaica, which is uptown. But okay. it's still one. You know what I mean? Right, but right, it's right. Different, it's different. It's different atmosphere. It's a different mm-hmm. crowd. It's a different, it's a different way of partying, you know, a different way of living. And I told him yes, because I didn't perform anywhere before that. So I told him, yes, I would come to the party. So this is your first
0: performance?
1: My first ever. This is the first time no one is going to see me. So the record is number one. I went on stage, performed the record. No one knew what I looked like. The place dropped to the ground the place was on fire the club was jumping as soon as i came off stage my brother walked up to me
0: <laughs> oh my. he was just happened like, to he was what? there
1: yeah he was like what you are baby sham i've been singing this record and i didn't know so he went no one informed he went and ratted me out Ratted you out me. to mom and
0: sister <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh were they cool with it at that yeah. point? Were they like, oh, okay, yeah. he's, he's got something here? By this time, it was too late. The record is already <laughs> <Yeah>. number one. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing the they can't is, say, right? Yeah, <laughs>
1: they can't say nothing but just say, you know what? Go and do what you need to do. The record was already number one, so that's when I told her that, no, I'm in good hands. The producer name is Dave Kelly, and she kind of did her research and saw that he was a well-established producer, and then that's when I took Dave to meet her and saw that everything was good. But it was, it's a funny story, but people in my community know that it was me. You know what I mean? (laughs) So the whole community knew, but my whole
0: soul didn't know nothing at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Crazy, bro. (laughs) So obviously your parent, your your mom and and your family got on board once, well, I mean, they had to, right? They had to, they had no chance Uh, at the time. (laughs) So from having the number one record, what do you, what, what do you do at the, where do you go from at this point?
1: At this time, at this point, we—I kind of was a little bit. I got more room, more more freedom to kind of leave the house at whatever time to go to the studio. Mm-hmm. And myself and Dave Kelly just started working, working more and more and more and more, and I kind of start doing doing more promotion, par- turning up at more parties to let fans know that this was me. You know what I mean? Because in the song, my first record, I didn't mention my name. There wasn't a video at that time. There wasn't social media. So you had to directly go to the parties to let people know that it was you. Introduce yourself to DJs, to this jocks, to let this jocks know it was you kind of started doing more promotional stuff, mm-hmm. recorded more. And that's when I think the second song we recorded was Joyride. Joyride feature in the legend and Wanda. Taking mm-hmm. a ride, a ride, a ride, a ride, a joyride, me and some Mondays. That... And that was the first song that, that basically sold gold for me.
0: Wow. At that time,
1: record, yeah, 50,0 records sold. So at that time, I got a
0: plaque. And that's killer. Really, yeah. What was that like? Know. Tell me about but, that.
1: Yo, that's that that was like something I'll never forget. Because you're, you're growing up, you're reading all these articles and and kind of learning about these things about music business, and you see all these mega stars with all these plaques. and you get the call that, yo, your record just rent gold. I'm not talking gold, no. I'm talking real gold, you know what I mean? And right. for an for a, for a independent label also from Jamaica, and just myself and Wayne Wonder just teaming up and, and selling gold at the time, it was, a big, it was a big thing for me. You know what I mean? A real big thing for me. And the reason being, the record also was, is a special record to me. There is no line in that record that was written. Everything was freestyle, just freestyle from the dome and oh, the, the first kelly, disc or both the both this no that that record the the the, the song on on, oh, on the first just that, disc, that
0: song okay yeah,
1: that song that's called joyride yeah everything is freestyle nothing oh my was gosh yeah nothing was written myself and we Wonder, Dave kelly just told us to go in the booth and to say whatever came to mind and we Wonder was singing that he's taking a joyride and I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to find things to say. Well, I'm cruising around with a jeep full of honeys, You do not want to introduce me to their mommies. So I want my pack up and come over with my luggage. ride won't be smooth. It will be rugged. And boom, second number one. Oh so my every song, gosh! Every song that came
0: out went straight to number fire, one. fire, fire, fire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Whoa. And then obviously Whoa. that got you had Shaggy on that second disc and yeah, Dying we killer, had,
1: like we had Shaggy, Foxy we Brown, had killer, Foxy Brown. Uh where did we have on it? We had Mr. Easy. Mr. Easy. Uh I think I think that was it. I
0: think yeah. that was it. Yeah. But, I wow, I it. mean, to be approached by some of those names, they, they just, obviously they knew what, what was going on because they had heard your, your record on the air.
1: Yeah, at the time, at the time you, when in Jamaica, Jamaica is so small, and the music industry is so small and tight-knitted, you've got to know who is the new art that's really blazing, and Dave Kelly is so huge as a producer. So any artist that they see Dave Kelly working with, they know that, okay, this looks like, He's gonna be the next big thing like a Bougie Banton or a Terra Fabulous or, oh, or a sure. Garnet Silk, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So all these people were were, were, were loving the music. And all the, all the records were the biggest records in Jamaica. So it mm-hmm. was easy for them to say, you know what, let's let's team up and let's do something. But we I give thanks just the same because those were real big names that took me in in different households, you know what I mean? So all the pleasure, all all the respect to all of them.
0: That's amazing. And then so after you put out, "Wild" wow, the story, the second disc, and then obviously you came back huge again with Ghetto Story, like the biggest, your your biggest song. Yeah. Like, tell me about that.
1: Ah, after "Wild" wow, the story, everything changed because now you started touring and going to places that you have never been before. Some places that you have never, ever heard the name. Of. So you left,
0: of at this point, you left Jamaica once. once no, once, I was still in Jamaica. I was still oh, in but Jamaica, you're playing different, with, different towns. With,
1: Yeah, you're just just traveling every weekend, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. we'd be on the road for like two, three months at a time, but still living in Jamaica, just living out of suitcases on the road just to do promotional work. Mm -hmm. And you're going to places that, I've done geography in school, and you're going to places that I've never, ever seen a geography map. I've never, (laughs) ever heard those names before, but they are singing the the words of every song, even though they can't have, have a conversation with you, you know what I mean? And they know every single song, and that's what amazed me about music. And about how the world runs and how music is really so powerful and it's bigger than myself, it's bigger than you, it's bigger than the producer, mm-hmm. it's bigger than all of us. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's something that connect the world together and connect people together. So after all The Story, myself and Dave Kelly were just on the road, just trying to promote, trying to get a deal. And to get a deal is really, really hard at that time. We came out with with, I think, Vitamin S. Vitamin S and Fiesta Rhythm and Vitamin S hit the Billboard chart and we started getting more more calls from different record labels and that's when we decided that we we really could do something you know what I mean and we we went in the direction of Atlantic Records and we knew we needed we needed some major to go to the next level and we went to the Atlantic Records and that's how Get a Story album came about.
0: Wow, what was it like getting? I mean, were was Atlantic Records? The first one that you did, you kind of know you wanted to go with them or were you going or shopping around a little bit to the labels? That must have been a huge, right?
1: Yeah, we were shopping around. We were shopping. We had we had Jive on, on the table. We had G Records. Uh, we had Sony on the table also. But I went to the Atlantic because of their familiarity with with, with our genre. My bad. With our okay. genre. Sean Paul was there. we okay. was doing well. You know what I mean? They had signed Garnet Silk, years before Sean Paul, so they kind of understand and understood the music because a lot of people sign with labels that don't really understand the genre, understand the music, and they just leave you out there to just right. do whatever. You know what right. I mean? And then when it don't work, then they say it's the music why it didn't work or they didn't get a hit because of this or because of that. But should right. be told, they didn't understand how to market the music. So because I knew Atlantic had a track record with a lot of dancehall artists and reggae artists and artists from my genre, that kind of made me went to Atlantic.
0: Okay. And then you put out Ghetto Story. Uh, put even on that record, Rihanna, Alicia Keys. A- yeah. I mean, you have the biggest names yeah. in music on that record.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because the records that were coming out, like Vitamin S, were all of these artists' favorite records. You know what I mean? So being a man, a dude, featuring Miss Thing on, on the same beat as Vitamin S, but it was our song. We had we written that song. We wrote that song. Dave Kelly produced the song. So dude was really doing well and hitting the billboard chart, and then Vitamin S kind of piggybacked it and okay. followed it up the billboard chart. But at the time, I wasn't signed. So Vitamin S is what brought the deal to the table. So these artists were already hearing about me, and then we had recorded Akon on that same beat. But this was before Akon did Locked Up. So we already had uh, a relationship with Akon because we had recorded him before anyone even knew him and we were cool and we showed him love. Before anyone even knew him and started oh, before him Before he off. really blew up. Yeah. So uh, the minute he heard the minute he heard that 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 ghetto story track, he was, yo, I think we should do some form remix so I can show back the love. And for me, he was the biggest thing at the time. So it was perfect, you know what I mean? And yeah. then we got the call, then we got the call that Alicia wanted to go on the record. And when Alicia says she wants to go on a the record, there's no way you say no. Oh yeah. It's this, like... this is this is one of the greatest of all time. And at the time, I'm still one of her biggest fans. You know what I mean? And at the time she was in my car every day. So to know that Alicia wants to go on your record, come on. There's no way you can say no. That's the queen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. must have been a
0: Tell me about that. That's huge. Yo, what a big she, moment. Do you remember getting the call that she wants to work with you?
1: Yeah, I remember getting the call. I got the call from Dave Kelly, the producer, saying that Alicia is down to go on the record. I didn't believe him because I know <laughs> he likes to play prank. <laughs> I remember this is Alicia Keys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I understand with Akon with Rihanna. Rihanna have a Caribbean background, so we cool. You get mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Akon, we knew him before he blew up, so... All of these records made sense. It, the, the, we were cool before. But Alicia Shady. Keys was
0: that. Uh, Alicia,
1: that's way out. At the time, Alicia hadn't done collab with, with five persons. She was never, ever doing collabs. So to do even something like that, that was way off. That's dance out. Hardcore. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? That was her stepping way outside of her box, and she hit it out of the park. That's, that's oh, okay. a different type of talent. You know what I mean? And she, she basically took the record to a whole different level. Instead mm-hmm. of playing and just urban radio, now we were on pop stations. You know what I mean? And that kind of took the whole thing to the, to a whole different level.
0: So yeah. big up to
1: Alicia, big up to Alicia. She kind of represented for the genre big time. You know what I mean? So give thanks and give thanks to Foxy Brown also. Foxy kind of was the one that was rapping for us before everything. Foxy was the first one to kind of put me on her record. So I was on her record with Tables Turned. And Broken Silence that went, I think Broken Silence, yeah, Broken Silence sold platinum. We got our, our plaques at the time. So we had, we had Table Stern, which was produced by Dave Kelly, and run them. So Dave Kelly did two tracks. We did two tracks on Foxy album. And that's when Americans started hearing about me from the Foxy. From the Foxy album, yeah. So big up to Foxy Brown. She's the one that started the flame. She started the fire. She gave us the
0: lighter. Light, 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 light. You know what I mean? That's huge. And then with their next the next release, you had you had Damien Marley on it. Yeah, the next
1: release was 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 Fighter. Fighter. Fighter featuring Dave Marley, who we all know. Oh, is the son of the great. Yeah. The greatest of all time in our books, you know what I mean? Of course. This is, this is someone that, no matter where in the world you go, they talk about Bob Marley, and he's the one that put Jamaica on the map. And you talk about Damon Marley, who, who branched off and, and, and became a legend on his own also. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But we always we always used to run into each other at concerts. Because at the time when Ghetto Store was on the Billboard chart, we were in the top ten. He had he had welcome to Jamra that was in uh-huh. the captain also so we were doing a lot of stadium festivals together
0: together okay but
1: we but we were never ever talking about doing collabs you know what I mean
0: uh-huh.
1: until the idea of a fighter came about and the producer Dave was like who you think should sing this hook I'm like the best person when I'm listening to it the best person I could hear singing it was Dave and Mali. and uh-huh. he was like yeah but we don't have any. Contacted David, man. I'm like, no, I have a contact with David, buddy. I just didn't say. We always text each other, you know. What I mean, we were always like, yo, I'm in Miami. Because by this time, we had bought homes in Miami, and the studio was here in Miami. So Damon lives probably ten minutes away, but we never ever go go over to each other's house. We normally text each other.
0: Like he would oh, say, yo. So I'm... you knew each other, obviously. Yeah, it was. We knew each other
1: from just touring and concerts. Yeah. So he was like, yo, whenever in Miami, link me. But yet, when we get to Miami, we're like, yo, I'm here in Miami. Everything good? Yeah, we're good. <laughs> but we were never, like, really connected. You know what I mean? Got it. Sure, <laughs> yeah. sure. Until the idea came for fighter, I reached out to him and he said, yo, we should. We should do it. Let's link up tonight. We, get, we went by his studio. And he was very receptive, cool. Ever since then, we have been brothers, like real brothers. Because everything kind of happened on some, some whole different level. My first name is Damien. His first name is Damien. My son's name is Elijah. His son's name is Elijah. So we are like... Oh, come wow. Out. We were like, yo, we were born to link together. You know? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: that's cool. So, that's really cool.
1: So we, the, the record kind of linked us together, but then us kind of linked and, and reasoning and having conversation kind of took our whole... Our whole relationship to a brotherhood, to a family type of relationship. So even to this day, I me and Damien I mean, talk every single day. If I'm not by his house playing football, he's by my home. You know what I mean? So big up to the gang, to the that's, gang, to the Zilla. That's Bang so it.
0: cool. <laughs> that's so cool. And that brings us up to, to to the hat you're wearing, right, Lawless? Yeah. That was
1: 2015. So yeah. But but even before that, I think we, we skipped out. This is why I'm at. So this is why i was at was, was the record that featured. It was Mims featuring myself and Junior Reed that that record did really, really well. I think it, it did over $6 million. I think it sold more than Get a Score.
0: Oh, but wasn't that on that album? Wasn't it on list or no? No, no. Oh,
1: okay. it, was on, it was on Mims' project. Oh, okay. It was on Mims' album. But myself and Junior Reed at the time, Junior Reed had, had blood, blood. With, with game and we had get a story so it made perfect sense to to, to do when Mims and his team reached out myself and Junior it was like you know what this is something that we don't normally get these opportunities where two artists from the same genre even though they are not on the same track at the time we were in the Billboard Top 10 at the oh, same okay. time yeah. so it made sense if we did a record together this jocks would, would, would play it quicker because sure. we were right there in their faces. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So we did we, we did the MIMS record, this is why I'm at, and boom, it went straight to number one. I think that's my that's my first and only number one. Cause i get a story, didn't go to number one on the Billboard uh, chart, but this is where oh. I'm at going to number one. Okay. So after that now came, came, came Lawless. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The whole movement of Lawless. Lawless, the whole movement of Lawless came from me going back to Jamaica to promote records and the, 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 the atmosphere in Jamaica had changed. The whole industry had changed. So there was a lot of pay thing going on at the time. And I'm sure oh, it happened all sure. in the world. You know what I mean? I'm sure it happened everywhere in the world. But I wasn't used to that. You know what I mean? And I decided that we were going to farm the, the movement Lawless. So we, were, we weren't going to radio. We were going to the streets with the records. So we print up T-shirts with Lawless on it and we were going straight to the streets. Just If you didn't want to play the record for just to play it just for fun and playing it just for the love of music, I would go around your sound system and I would take the microphone and I would play the record and then I would DJ that song live. And you couldn't tell me no because then (laughs) the fans in the venue would kill you. This You're getting a free show from being live. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, so that was the whole promotional strategy. And that's how the movement Lawless came about until fans started... Like emailing, tweeting. Where can we get the, the the stuff to buy? And that's how we decided. You know what? Let's let's start doing merchandise with it. Also, but it 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 wasn't an idea to do a clothing line with it at first. It was okay. just the movement of us rebelling against the whole payroll system.
0: Wow! So you yeah. went back, pretty much went back to what you did in the very very beginning. The, that that guerrilla style we, marketing, we, like showing up and being like, yay. we went back to basic." Back to yeah.
1: basic. And sometimes back to basic, you take a few steps back to make 20 steps forward, and it all worked out. I love that.
0: Well, so payola was a big thing in Jamaica, or is it just you talking in general? It was a big thing in Jamaica. Okay. And
1: I, I think out in the world also, it, it's done. But in Jamaica, it was a big thing at the time, at the time when we went back, like probably 2010, 2012, okay. when we were promoting Lawless and promoting Fighter. Yeah, and That was our way of kind of going against the grain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I
0: can't, I'm in from radio. Sixteen. I did 16 years in radio. Uh, so I know uh, the, the ins and outs of that payola days quite yeah. well. I mean, a lot of people, I'm, I've had, I did radio in San Diego, and there was a couple stations there that went under because of that. They hear ya. <laughs> <laughs> i was in the bay area yeah. too i live on a yeah. in san francisco yeah. so i know i remember seeing a couple stations in san diego that were that were a uh, hip-hop station in particular that a lot yeah, of the, the the music directors and stuff were you know taking money to play certain yep. djs cuts or yep. certain uh rappers records
1: yep and we were used to that in jamaica so when it came about And I got there to do promotional work. And you know, when now we we live on the road. So you only get probably a month in Jamaica to do promotional work. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, promotional work? What are they talking about? We're not gonna pay no one. You know what? I'm gonna find this idea came about, we're just gonna go to live shows, live dances, live parties, and I'm gonna hold the microphone. And I dare anyone to tell me I can't play my own record. And I'm going to DJ my stopping. record. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to DJ live on <laughs> set. I'm going to give you a free show, five to ten minutes, and I know the place is going to go crazy. So when a DJ sees that, then now he's forced to play the
0: record the next week. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's so brilliant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh man! So well, tell me where you were when this, when the virus hit and everyone shut everything shut down. Because I want to talk to you Damn. about lockdown.
1: Damn! It's like we just finished the the Japan tour. We did an Asia tour. We did Japan for almost. We did Asia for almost a month, almost one month. Every show sold out. It was a crazy vibe. It was right at the end. At the end of the tour was my birthday because my birthday is February twenty fourth.
0: Oh, happy birthday! So you. Thank you very much. You know
1: what I mean? A few so months late, but point. happy birthday. Yeah, it's all good. We love it. <laughs> so at the end of the tour, we, one of my favorite places that I've always wanted to go, but never ever been, is a, is a, a little island one hour from Bangkok called Koh Okay. It's called Koh Beautiful. Beautiful. If you're there, if I send you videos from there or photos from there, you think I'm in Jamaica. Really? Yeah. Okay. So we knew that we were just four hours from the last concert in Tokyo to Kozumon. So this was the perfect time to go there. It would be less in tickets because now it's a part of the tour budget. You get yeah, what I already
0: mean? already there, right? I'm yeah.
1: already there. So myself and the band members, we flew over and we were there for like one week. Just celebrated my birthday. and That's cool. we... We got a call from management that, yo, they're going to close the country down. Y'all need to come home. You know what I mean? I'm like, what is this really so serious? Because in Asia, everyone was already wearing masks. So Yeah, that was already it, a thing, it, right? It was already a thing. So everyone there, everything was always sanitized. They're always like that. So evening in, in Thailand, while we were there in Thailand at Koh Samui, everything was crispy clean, sanitized. Everyone was wearing masks. So we were good. We knew we were good. And before we went there, the management has already got N95 masks for us, and everyone was already prepared for that. But we didn't know that there was going to be an actual shutdown. Like, if you don't get back in to the States, you can't get back in. You're not getting back in. You're not getting back in. So even members from the team, like the engineers, who had to travel to Jamaica, there's only one route to Jamaica. You had to come through the States from Asia.
0: You get what I mean? Yeah, you couldn't couldn't go direct, obviously. No, you can't
1: go direct from there. You had to come through to the States. So we, all of us say, okay, bam, bam, bam. We we got the tickets changed. As soon as we landed, no, one of the things that I noticed on that trip coming back, the airports were super empty. Okay. And that's unusual in Asia. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: So then you knew something was up.
1: Something was up. First class, super empty. So all the band members got upgraded. And that's super unheard of coming from, from Asia. Oh, yeah. To, to the I mean, States. to first class, you know I mean? that's
0: a huge jump in cash, so, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
1: every, and, you know, because we travel so much, because we travel so much, you find that all the band members have so many miles and so many t- so many free stickers to upgrade, but they never ever get to use them because mm-hmm. all these flights are normally super duper, fully packed. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So by them getting the upgrade, we getting in first class and see just us and probably two more persons in first class coming from an international flight. We're like, yo, something is going on for real. When we mm-hmm. landed in Dallas, boom, like a million people. I think that's where it all spread. Between me and you. When we landed in Dallas, it's like a million people in one room just packed. They weren't prepared for this.
0: Oh, I told wow. the band
1: members, yo, we're not joining that line. We're going to stay as far from, from these people as possible. <laughs> yeah, and we, yeah. had, we had N95s on. No one in that audience, in that, in that immigration room at the time, had no mask on. Oh, really? So they weren't prepared for this. You know what I mean? And boom, it all went down. We got home. We thought it was going to be just a one week, two weeks. Two weeks.
0: That was the whole thing. Stop the spread. Already, or what was it? Sh- flatten the curve.
1: Flatten the curve. <laughs>
0: then we heard, <laughs> we heard a month, two months, a six year,
1: month, one year, <laughs> a, year a, work, <laughs> a year and a half. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. man.
1: Yeah, we have never seen nothing like this. And I hope we never ever go back through anything like this again. But a lot of positives came from it, although it had mostly negative. We a lot of us kind of kind of got time to 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 spend time with our family more and kind of learn how to appreciate our own spaces.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Our own space. We couldn't go outside, so you had to use the backyard more. Mm-hmm. You're inside inside your home a little bit more we were writing more, but all the songs were coming out with, 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 with this pandemic.
0: Uh, like a negative imp- tone to it? The,
1: yeah, something. yeah. You know what I mean? All, uh, all, uh, all the, mo- the emotions that were coming out in the songs were, were you can't have 12 songs on an album with, with just with just pandemic memories. You know what I mean? You <laughs> right. want people to, to smile also. So even though lockdown kind of give us hope. Almost two years, you know. We are under lockdown. It's telling you we are coming out. Yeah, we're getting. We we can see the sun. You know what I mean? We can see the, the sun at the end. We can see some form of ray, some form of hope. But we can't have fifteen songs right like those. You know what I mean? Sure. And I think that was the hard part about being locked down for so long. Is that you thought that being locked down? Okay, my creative juices can get really pumped right now. We can we can re- we can directly write at least two albums but then you realize all oh, the inspiration were coming that were were sad inspiration were blue right. inspirations you know what i mean so that 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 messed up that you know
0: I mean? yeah It made it difficult <laughs> yeah. right to, to very write very
1: difficult very difficult
0: so with very very difficult were, i mean obviously you you have an amazing song out with lockdown but were you able to put out like were you able to write anything like you said it was hard to write so how many songs do you feel like came out of those sessions
1: you yeah, we, we I wrote a lot of songs. But lockdown did? Okay. Is, yeah, a lot of songs, but they all add...
0: The negative tone to the them?
1: negative right? tone yeah. to them that I didn't want. So all of those got pushed to the side. Gotcha. The only thing we took from the lockdown was the single lockdown. That's it.
0: Okay. That's it.
1: So we have a fresh slate right now. We are out on the road, no touring, and we are doing what we do well best again and now the inspiration the, the the happy faces now you're looking at the fans faces the fans faces week in week out you're seeing the smiles are you're, you're, you're taking pictures after the concert people are telling you how how appreciative they are of the concert you know what i mean appreciative they are of you just traveling 6 hours just to come and perform for them And you know what i mean and uh, we we love that you know what i mean all of those vibes coming now our happy vibes Hopefully That's the amazing. songs will come like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you're able to get out and perform now, obviously. Stuff's opening yeah. up. Yeah. It's, it's, what was it's it like playing? Yeah. What was it like playing the first time in front of people like in the past? <laughs> you know, that must have been a pretty emotional night.
1: Big emotional night. I I kind of forgot certain things that we normally do in the set. You know what I mean? So even though we rehearse, when it's showtime, you have certain things that normally come out naturally, certain dance moves, certain moves, right? Certain Turn, oh, you interact. I kind of forgot that for a split second. Then it started coming back. You know, what I mean, yeah. like, what? Come on, we got. It. You know, what I mean, <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, well, man. But it's 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 all good. It's all good. It's like we 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 have lost so many, so many lives throughout the world, and that's sad. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. but it's all good now because you you are kind of seeing some form of positive. You know, what I mean, and and people are coming out and people are smiling again and. And hopefully we can, we can come out of this cleaner, mm-hmm. more humble, more loving, you know what I mean? And live better, moving forward.
0: I love that. Yeah. I think people are going to start taking this whole, like, at least live shows and, and congregating mm-hmm. with people a little less mm-hmm. uh, for granted.
1: Yeah, you can't take it for granted. Yeah. Not even us can take it for granted. We used to take it for granted.
0: No? Right. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. It can all be taken away, you yep. know, am
1: every moment bro every moment
0: <laughs> for sure well dude thank you so much for taking time to hang out with me today i appreciate it
1: thank you very much man and it was cool it was real fun I it had... didn't it didn't feel like an interview
0: it oh. felt like we were just chilling <laughs> i love that that's that's what i hoped that's what i hoped thank you man yeah. oh, i have one more question before i let you go though do you have uh, advice for aspiring artists
1: yo know, to me the road to success is not straight. There's a curve called failure, loops called confusion, speed bumps called friends, and red lights called enemies, caution signs called family, and flat tires called jobs. But if you have a spear called determination and an engine called perseverance, with insurance called faith and the drive to make it, you reach a place called success. Just remember that it's all about the music and the work that needs to be done. It's never about hype, egos, or individuals. As your creative juices flow, Let's try to stick to the philosophy of using the studio to have fun. You know what I mean? Nothing else. That's it.